there is an economic tsunami coming with this Titans deal, with the stadium deal and East Bank. What we have to do is be intentional. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to do something. Welcome to PBN. I am Braden Gall. I'm Jamie Holland. More candidate long forms for you. Getting ready for Election Day coming up next week, August 3rd. Again, in the show notes are your polling locations. So no excuses, of course. We do appreciate you guys listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Sharon Hurt, council member at large, one of the candidates for mayor, of course, joining us on the show today. We're going to have a long sit down with her uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But Jamie, interestingly enough, she is running what has turned out to be a very successful play to win the mayor's office going from at-large council member to countywide election to the mayor's office is sort of the new path in terms of how to get into that particular office we elected john cooper from council at large to mayor for that it was david briley of course due to resignation but he was also in addition to being vice mayor he was a former council member at large and before that megan barry two-term council member at large so it seems to me that is the play that Sharon Hurt is running here. Again, early voting up until the 29th. August 3rd is the election. I'm just going to keep hammering those dates and hammering the numbers and hammering the links so that everybody knows where to go. Make sure you check out all the other episodes. We've got uh, Freddie O'Connell, Matt Wilcher, Heidi Campbell, Jeff Yarborough as well. Uh, we have efforted every single candidate. And here was our conversation with council member at large, Sharon Hurt. Sharon, thank you so much for coming in studio. We do appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, we're going to dive right in, if you don't mind. And Let's go I, with it. I just want to start with why are you in the race? Why do you want the job? Why do you want to be mayor of Nashville? Well, I'm going to give you, I've got plenty of answers that I can, but this one is particularly the fact that I've worked in the trenches on the ground for 25 years in the community and I see the disparities, the forgotten communities, the neglect and all of that. I had two individuals who were on my board, Jerry Maynard and Lonnie Matthews. They both moved to become council members. When they became council members, some of the things that I had concerns with, they were able to put legislation together to help relieve some of it. So once they were, you know, termed out, I decided to run myself and I saw that I was able to do a little bit more than what I was able to do as a public servant. But I also came to the awareness that if you really wanted to have the impact and make the change, you have to be in leadership. This is a mayor-driven city, and in order to get those things done, that's what has to happen. And I know that I don't want to leave not one block, not one person, not one community behind want to fulfill the hopes and dreams of people who come here for every Nashvilleian, and this gives me the opportunity to do that for them. So you talked a little bit about, I've heard you talk a little bit about the right track, wrong track thing is a, is a conversation that gets brought up a lot, and you've talked about like we're doing something right in this city because we're growing and, and people want to be here. But how do we leverage that growth? 
Absolutely. How do we leverage that to do it the right way for everybody? So here's the deal. First of all, you're going to be a growing city or you're going to be a dying city. Now, which one do we choose? So I choose growth. I, I choose where the possibility of where we can be. What we have to do is be intentional about ensuring there's inclusion as we have been intentional about it being exclusion. So I think that the one thing that we do is ensure that small businesses ha- actually get the resources that they need. Nonprofits, those people who are on the ground doing the work have opportunities to build themselves, to build the capacity, serve more people, hire individuals, and bring people up. You know, I created a workforce development program, and we were able to put 500 people to work doing the Music City Center's construction. We also found out that people did not have jobs because they could not get driver's license. So we, we created a driver's license restoration program. Then we went into a banquet service training for them because we knew once this, the, the building was created, the hotel was coming, and they were going to need people. Gave them ABC license. So you got to meet people where they are, understand what their needs are, and fulfill them. And that's how we do it. We got to be intentional and deliberate about ensuring that we do the things that people need the most. I would say there's a movement, especially in the council, to go toe-to-toe with the state of Tennessee. What's what good could possibly come with being in a constant fight with the state? I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's good to be uh, in a constant fight with them. I think we have to find some common ground. I do think, however, that we've got voices of people that have voted for things and their voices should be heard. So I will fight. Now, I, I was born prematurely, okay, so I've been fighting ever since I got, came into this world, and I'm going to keep fighting for the right thing. Just like I fought to live, I'm fighting for others to live. I think that I have a disarming way about me with the state. I have charm. I can challenge with bravado. But I'm also a person who listen, who will communicate and utilize all of the gifts that I have in order to be convincing to those legislators who seem not to want to give. What's one thing you'd want to start working on day one? Finding um, what's really making our government work, what is preventing us from working better, the good, the bad, what we need to weed out and what do we need to seed in? I think weed and seed is a good thing. Weed and seed. That's a good line. I like that. (laughs) Um, He talks about the relationship between the state and, and local government that has to work better. We have to be more productive. The same thing happens, needs to happen within the council probably as well. And the same thing happens right now in the community. Voters are, are, are at friction. There's friction everywhere. Yes. So what what is it? Why are you qualified? Because, again, being on the council, as long as you have, what why are you qualified and what can you bring to the table that allows us to, I may disagree with you on 80% of something, but we need to work together on this one other thing right here. 
why are you qualified to do that? Because I have the heart for it. And even though you may not like what it is that I say or I do or how I vote, you know you can honestly say that I've done what I believe is the right thing. That's respect. People may not like me, but they respect me. And, and, and I demand it. And I think that uh, that's one thing. But I also have wisdom and understanding that many of them do not have. Some of them were in elementary school when I've been out here working and serving this community. I know and understand the city of Nashville, and I can guarantee you that we can call people in Metro government, and I'm sure that I'd be the first one that they would call back. So I think that I have the charisma. I have the um, a balance of charisma, a balance of fierceness, uh, and courage that not too many people really want to challenge. And, and, and not because they don't think that they could win, but, you know, I'm, I'm like 50 Cent. I'm going to die trying. So they get exhausted uh, going with me. And, and so I think that's one of the, or several of the things that I have that most of them don't. And, and again, I, I'm a listener. I, I'll try to find common ground. I'll find a way to make things work. But I'm going to give you truth, transparency. I'm going to give you honesty. And too many uh, people who are politicians will not give you that. And I am, and I will, and I'm because I'm grown enough to do so. I'm old enough, you know. You don't, you get, don't get older. You get bolder. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to use that to go right into housing because it probably will take some courage and some fierceness and some uh, backbone to attack the housing problem we have, which has to be approached from a lot of different angles and a lot of different places and a lot of different ways. Uh, and I'm sure Jamie will have a follow up for me here on on housing. But I, what what would be your plan to in terms of addressing the crisis that we've got right now? Well, you know, first of all, you know, we've got to create and I think we've got to preserve. And I think you got to do both of them uh, simultaneously. Uh, there is no panacea for the housing crisis. We have a housing crisis across this country. So it is not new, nor is it unique to Nashville. What we have to do again, is be intentional. I think that we have been more intentional about development than we have been about housing. In fact, I recall one of our past directors of MDHA make the statement, there's a reason why the D is before the H in MDHA. So I think that we have to make it a priority and we've got to create housing. I was looking at a church just yesterday on Robertson Road that's empty. It could house hundreds of people in their churches so large. We've got vacant buildings everywhere. We've got warehouses and so many things and that I think that we should be able to house people who need it the most, get people some temporary housing while we continue to build permanent housing. I think we need to offer those 
existing residents who have beautiful land and parcels. So we listen, we're going to take your property. What we want to do is develop. And we're going to put eight condos here. But this is what we're going to do. Let you have one of them, and you will also be co-owner of this development, and you'll be able to get some uh, income from that as well as your children. So it will be uh, bought in. People have skin in the game and not that the developers just come in and take over. I think if people were a part of the development, they would be more embracing of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. MDHAs, they, they're in the parking lot and parking garage business too. So, you know, easy on development, but I mean, parking lots and parking garages, they also practice eminent domain and give tiffs to hotels. So, you know, I'm like the the new five-star hotel called the Joseph. Right. Well, I got about a seven million dollar tip well, from well, well, you know, I worked really, really hard to get the Jefferson Street to work with Councilman uh, Ludy Wallace and and Ed Whitmore to get the Jefferson Street redevelopment plan. Uh, shortly after I started working at Junk, well, I found out about the Phillips Jackson that had just been created, which we know that it was a certain amount and it got expanded in order to include. Uh, row 8.9 and some extended even across the street and down the street to include Worthen Bag and then went on across the street where Germantown and all of those things and it was limited the one that I read that was August 10th of 1995 that, that it, it was not supposed to go beyond any east of 8th Avenue at the time but it did so I know that people do what it is that they want to do when they are in those leadership positions. That's why I am going to focus more on the people, those that made Nashville the it city, and preserve the charm, the beauty, because we can, it can coexist. We got to have both. That's what it's all about is balance. You don't have night without day. don't have up without down. You got to have balance. Winter and summer. So balance. We, we we met almost eight years ago. I doubt you remember where, but it was in the parking lot of a polling precinct over here in East Nashville at the Martha O'Brien Center. Mm-hmm. Because the state the state coordinator of elections, local coordinator of elections, they kind of botched the opening of that facility that day. Mm-hmm. It, was either, it stayed open either thirty or forty five minutes. Right, I recall later but that leads me to a question of you know two terms on the council at large elected countywide what's your proudest accomplishment from that time spent so it's actually two things the first thing is um renaming part of charlotte avenue to dr martin luther king jr boulevard that is where our state capital resides this is the state that assassinated dr king that couldn't have happened in any other place except for nashville tennessee and i was able to do it being that i'm a born and raised in memphis tennessee same my sister dated this young man 
by the name of Larry Payne, who was the other fatality that happened during those riots in Memphis when Dr. King was killed. Many people don't know it, and they don't really talk about it. But he was a 16-year-old boy, and he was my sister's boyfriend who was killed. So that was very near and dear to my heart. They said he was uh, uh, a threat to the police, but yet they also said he was carrying a television. Now, if I recall, uh, Larry Payne could not have been any taller than five, seven, or eight and 140 pounds, and back then, televisions weighed 100 pounds. <laughs> but so that, and the other thing that I've been very proud of is having the 911 communicators' um, pensions restored. They once had the same pensions as the firefighters and sheriff departments, officers, and it was taken away from them, and I was able to get that restored. And knowing that they now, because many of them were working 40 years before they even had an opportunity to, to retire. Some of them start at 25 years old and work 40 years to they're 65, and they could not actually retire with a full pension until they were 70. So that means that they would have to work 45, almost 50 years before they could get a full pension. And to think of them not being at their best health is very concerning. And, um, and that is a very, um, the job itself is, is a, I'm, I'm lost for the word, contentious, but also a high-strung job. And, and your mental capacity is, is you know, it, it's very uh, taxing on them. So those, those are, I think, the two top things that I um, accomplished. I was the sponsor for the Equal Business Opportunity Legislation, which I'm very proud of for small minority and women businesses. I was a sponsor for the Community Oversight Board, which did not pass on the chamber floor. But I was so proud of the exercise that we uh, experienced once the petitions were uh, gathered and signatures and we had to come back and form the Community Oversight Board, which was a great, great thing for me. Uh, I, I thought that we all came together and put together an excellent uh, board um, with a diverse that the people wanted to see. And the Home Energy Uplift program that I had, I sponsored that, and I was very proud of that. So most of the things that I've done, and, I, you know, I, since this is recent, but that 25% on the stadium deal is huge because when you talk about 25% of $2.1 billion is a $625 million um that will come back to our community, create generational wealth, provide small minority women-owned businesses the opportunities to flourish. That, to me, is huge. That can be a game-changer for this city of Nashville and for so many people. And with the East Bank coming out, you know, 
as mayor, we're going to ensure that that 25% is on that East Bank as well. Then everyone, there's no reason why people would not have an opportunity to have life and have it more abundantly. Now, Braden, you're going to segue into Titan Stadium vote. Go no, ahead. no, I'm going. To, I am. But, but, but let me that, let me just say got, this too. Different direction. Let me say this too about the um, with that and and my advocacy for small minority and women-owned businesses. I worked very closely with the Krulin at the airport, and he has gone from 13 percent minority concessionaires to 45 percent. He's gone from 50 million dollars contracts to over 300 million dollars. So I know that it can be done if we stay persistent and we ask. A lot of times there's a lack of communication and people asking for those types of things. And I, there's no shame in my game. I'm going to ask. I, I'm, no and, one's talking about that when they think of the airport these days. Right. They're talking about something else. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was going to go back to the oversight board yes. and, and talk about safety in the community because it means very different things for very different people. Everybody has their own experience with it, and it's all very different. And how do you articulate the right way to approach community safety? And we can include schools in this. We can include anything that it's an incredibly complex issue with very different perspectives from very different communities. How do you articulate the larger plan so that everybody understands how complicated it is and what you're trying to accomplish? Well, first of all, we already know we're not going to make everybody happy, but there has to be engagement from everyone on every hand. There has to be community policing. The community has to respect the police and the police have to respect the community. And, and, and frankly, they got to respect the streets and the streets got to respect the police. And I think that we need to bring it together. The, the captain of the police force lived a block from my house. And I think when I was growing up, we've got to have our police in the community working as and being neighbors. I, I'm thinking that we can even ask the police, you know, on some of your off days, why don't you dress down in some jeans and a T-shirt and go into the community so people can see you as a non-threatening individual. Something as simple as that in having relationships and building them. Because this city needs love. This city needs healing. And I think it's going to require us making a concerted effort in order to get to that point. Now, I do believe that the police, we need more police officers. I mean, I'm not even against going and getting some of these young kids that are brave enough to be out here in the streets and doing a lot of the things that they're doing and to channel that energy, that, that the gifts, the, the intelligence into doing something positive that can help create a safe place for our, our um, community, for everyone. Because many of them do what they see. They know no better. And we've got to teach them better. We've got to give them resources. You see what they're doing these days. They're taking away community centers, taking away the pools. People, they're in the homes. They've got video games, all of these things that are showing them things that are unreal. And we've got to bring them in and be realistic about what it is. And we, got, I, we want violence interrupters. We want national Islam. We want all of these male fraternities, Masonic lodges, everywhere you have a role model for these young kids, I think we have to use it. And we've got to bring the community in together because we all care. And in the end, we need to work towards it. 
It's got to be unity in the community. Daniel Hambrick was killed in 2018. Yes. I think it was July, but later this month is coming up on the anniversary, the five-year anniversary of that. And that was the impetus leading toward the adoption of the Community Oversight Board. Well, actually, it was Jacquees Clements because, you know, right before that. Yeah, but I'm saying the petition gathering was going on. Right, during that time. During that time, and it was in the summer right across the street from MLK. Mm-hmm. The Community Oversight Board later is established, and that kind of, at least in my opinion, kind of calmed the angst. What's since the state has preempted that bill and come up with a bill of statewide application y'all just passed it on third reading i think yes tuesday night what's the what's the sentiment in the community now as it relates to that or is anybody even aware well you know to be honest um i think people are um disappointed angry disgusted that the state has this overreach that they have been inserting into the local municipality um but my mama always said there's more than one way to skin a cat as mayor i will create an office of accountability efficiency and enforcement and i'm going to use the architect of the community oversight board to help me create that office and we will continue to hold people accountable and ensure that the public has hope that's restored into the government, that we're going to do things for the people and make sure that our departments reflect that we are a customer-centric, user-friendly government and that we're going to put our people before we put politics. So now I'm going to segue into the Titan Stadium deal because uh, you talk about balance, right? It's, Absolutely. It's about balance, and w- we know it's coming. It's it's going to be whoever the next mayor is is going to have to deal with the Titan Stadium, whether we liked it or not. Um, personally, I'm kind of one of those that says, I get it. I understand. Uh, but as long as it works for everybody, right? Right. So how do you make sure that it, it does work for more than just out-of-town developers or you know, whoever's in charge and going to make all the money back. Like, how do we make it work for the community? Make it trans, make it make transit a part of it, make housing a part of it, make green space a part of it, connectivity. How, how do you go about doing that as the uh, next mayor? All of those things are, are, are already in um, that East Bank development plan. What we have to do is be intentional and make sure that we do that. That was one of the reasons why I created that 25% deal so we can ensure that some of that funding is distributed amongst other people. There is an economic tsunami coming with this Titans deal, with the stadium deal and East Bank. What I plan to do with with the Economic Development Office, we're going to build out that office. Not only will we have a director, but we're going to have some ambassadors in every quadrant of this city to make sure that the funding that comes in because we're going to get a huge amount of TIF funding alone that can be inserted into every area of this city and this county to ensure 
that we're focusing and not leaving one block behind. And, and, and I think that's something that I have that other people don't. I, I live that duality where the have and the have nots because I'm a person that has lost a job and was, you know, begging Peter to pay Paul. The one that understands not having it, you know, I, I grew up, I didn't know it then, but I, I was poor. I wasn't poor, but I was poor. So I didn't, and, and I didn't understand that I was poor till I got to Nashville and saw how other people had so many other things. My mother and father both played golf. Golf is expensive habit, <laughs> you know, and they played. So I understood that, but I live, I'm from Memphis, came to Nashville and looked at public housing, and the public housing in Memphis didn't have grass, but we had grass and flowers in Nashville. I'm like, what? I live in Bellevue. I work in North Nashville. You know, Bellevue is that community where there are established homes, and people have homes and beautiful homes with perhaps even swimming pools. And other, I don't have a pool, <laughs> but I do have a community pool. But North Nashville the community pool that they had was closed, yeah. right? So I see it and I have those lived experiences. And being able to take those lived experiences to City Hall opens up an opportunity. I did, I transformed that Jefferson Street community, two nonprofit organizations and hundreds of people along the way with nothing. So just imagine what could be done with something. Sharon? Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Thank you. That's, this sounds like this needs to be a number two, uh, a part two. I, that's fine with me. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. You come back anytime. Thank you. That was mayoral candidate and council member at large, Sharon Hurt. Uh, we do appreciate her coming into the studio and giving us some time. We know it's uh, up against the deadline here, so we do appreciate all the candidates for giving us some time. Make sure you check out all the other episodes with all the other candidates. We believe that they, this is the best possible way to get to know these folks and make an informed decision on Election Day. Again, the polling locations linked in the show notes, Jamie. I don't know if you know that, but the locations are there. So no excuses. And keep your signs out of the polling locations. How about that? You degenerates. Uh, that just about does it for us. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe. You can follow him on Twitter at JR Holland. Thanks, guys.